Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 19th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Timoneni. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, it's a new week. It is a new week. We've got a lot of fun stuff on the horizon this yeah. week. But I want to look backwards real quick because on Saturday, uh, James, Peter, and Michael welcomed Michael and Tom D'Angora to talk about um, they, they are producing and directing uh, this, the most recent Theater World Awards, which happened um, earlier this month. Um, they are just really, really cool guys. They also have been behind a lot of the the um, campaigns to save a lot of theater institutions, the West Bank Cafe and Laurie Beachman nice. Theater, Yay. Birdland, the York Theater, the Labyrinth Theater Company. Um, they've raised roughly $1.3 million across GoFundMe accounts Amazing. for these institutions. So really cool conversations about folks that we don't hear a ton about, you know, like we, we yeah. don't really hear about these types of producers and back behind the scenes folks, but um, a really cool conversation for you to listen to in the awesome. podcast feed. As we promised um, last week, the three of us, you, me, and Grace, yeah. um, we are going to be checking out Schmigadoon and doing our review roundup. I have watched the entire season. How far have you gotten so far? I am halfway through, and I don't think Grace has started. So we're no. all we're all on you know exactly equal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's great okay. so far. That's all I'll say. But I, I I love it so far. Okay, fair enough. We will have that conversation at some point this week. Coming up in Patreon, we're going to be doing. Most of our reviews and interviews, not all of them, but most of them in Patreon moving forward, especially as things come back. So head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. First up, the very first play returning to the Broadway has, has announced their audience safety policy. Antoinette Chinonier Nwandu's Passover will begin performances at the August Wilson Theater in like... 15 days, just over two weeks on that. August so 4th. Weird. I know, and they will be requiring proof of full COVID vaccination for admittance. They will accept proof for either an FDA or WHO approved vaccination. So you can have gotten one of the other ones that's been approved in Canada or Europe or Australia or wherever, like we had those issues with Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those will be accepted. But for audience members under 16 or who have medical or religious reasons for not yet being vaccinated, they will require a negative COVID-19 PCR test that has been taken within 72 hours of the start of the performance or a negative COVID antigen test taken within six hours of the start of the performance to be admitted in. That seems like a whole lot of work to go see a show. You might as well just get vaccinated. I agree. But, you know, it just seems <laughs> yeah, like the timing is, is tough. People are busy. Just get vaccinated. Additionally, masks will be required basically anytime you are in the August Wilson Theater, except for when you are in your seat. At that point, they are optional. These policies will be in effect through the month of August, at which point they will be reevaluated and modified if needed. If something happens in the meantime during August, they will modify them as well, they said in their press release. Now, 
Ashley, I don't know about you, but given what we are seeing across the country um, with the Delta variant ramping up, and now we are starting to see, you know, a decent amount of people, not like a high percentage, but a not insignificant number of people who are fully vaccinated, being diagnosed with COVID, Mm -hmm. what we're seeing with all the starts and stops and the ridiculousness in London. I think that if we are going to go ahead and open things up this fall, this is the route that I would feel most comfortable with productions taking, even though I don't know that I'm yet comfortable going to a theater. (laughs) That's very fair. I mean, I think I am for the most part. And obviously, I've tried to see a show at this point to no avail. Um but yeah, I, with, as you said, with everything that's going on, with people still getting diagnosed with COVID, regardless of being fully vaccinated, and then we also have the Delta variant that's spreading more rapidly than anyone is clearly taking precautions about. I, I think this is the way to go. And I think a lot of the thing of like, we're going to reevaluate things. I worry that like the reevaluation will come in terms of, oh, we're doing better. So we don't need to have these mm-hmm. strict vaccination things anymore. Where I feel like it should probably be the other way. I feel like I'm, the most comfortable I would be is if, you know, one of all productions took this kind of stance and said you have to be fully vaccinated or have a PCR test or an antigen test within, you know, 72 hours to six hours, which side note, I I have a little bit of a problem with the antigen tests because (laughs) usually unless it's changed since, you know, the last few months and even the start of the pandemic, that's really showing you a positive when you're at your sickest. So, like, people could still be sick hmm. and they just don't know it and they're getting up, you know, they're getting a test within six hours of going to see a performance. I feel like most people are buying their tickets not the day of. They're probably buying their tickets, yeah. like, more than three days out. I feel like it should be a vaccination or a PCR test and not doing the rapid testing. But that's just me. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I would, I would love for our productions to take this stance. I would love for productions to take this stance to the end of the year. I feel like where I will be most comfortable is like when we hit 2022 in January and that's when we start reassessing policies like that. I feel like the rest of the year mm-hmm. should be this kind of requirement. So I'm happy that they're doing this because this is a show I'm really excited to see. Um, it will be my first show back once I get paid and can buy tickets in this week. Um, so I'm really glad that they've taken this kind of stance because I don't feel comfortable going anywhere where people aren't fully vaccinated. Yep. Same. All right, Ashley, let's move on to the other side of the country. I'm including this one actually specifically for you. Oh, I because, appreciate that. Yeah. Last week, an equity casting notice went out for a reimagined benefit production of Kismet, which will take place this October at the Granada Theater in Santa Barbara, California. There will just be four benefit performances from October 21st through the 24th. And you might be thinking, what connection does Ashley have to Kismet? Absolutely none. <laughs> but, Ashley, I included it because it will be directed by one Lonnie Yay! Price. That makes me very happy. Yes, the show will be a collaboration with the Santa Barbara Symphony and the State Street Ballet. And interestingly, and even oddly, Ken Davenport will be the executive mm, producer. Less exciting. This is, <laughs> this is not the type of thing that I would expect Ken Davenport to be a producer on. Yeah. But if you aren't familiar, this is like a legit lush 
um, old school, like old, old school musical. It's from 1953. It premiered on Broadway. It's based on a 1911 play, and it is set in a fictionalized version of 11th century Baghdad in the fantasy world of Arabian Nights. Weird. The casting notice strongly encourages Manasseh performers to audition and says, quote, we acknowledge our profound cultural responsibility in the reimagination of those respected and beloved cultures that inform this fantasy. Mm. Interesting that this is only a, f- a four performance benefit thing. They're doing yeah. all of the auditions and rehearsals in New York before going. Interesting that they have an executive producer who is primarily a Broadway producer. Um, obviously, Lonnie can probably do benefit say, performances I, around I the country. I Lonnie attachment, yeah. But I don't know if this means that this is something that they might try to bring New York. I can't imagine this doing well. Um, it's no. just not a very... A commercial it's a weird, type show. Weird show. Very weird. Yeah. They can mount it at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. They yeah, already have I, the scenery set for it. Yeah, it's it's beautiful there. Um, it there are some fairly, or at least one or two well known songs from this. Stranger in Paradise, which became kind of like a uh, um, a standard, mm, is okay. is from this. So um, there's a movie as well, but. Interesting. I don't I know, know what it means. It. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, go Lonnie though. Go Lonnie. Yeah, of course. Uh, finally, in this news section, the Hollywood Reporter confirmed last week that the Grease prequel Rise of the Pink Ladies has been given a series order at Paramount Plus after having originally been developed for HBO Max. This new series will take place four years before Grease and will focus on four outcast girls who spark, quote, a moral panic that will change Rydell High forever. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> Interestingly, Paramount is also behind a feature film prequel to Grease called Summer Lovin', which will focus on Danny and Sandy's meet cute. Um, so a lot of people <sighs> okay. were talking about with this show, <laughs> Ashley, um, if this is a prequel, that means that the actresses playing the Pink Ladies would have to be like, 26 to 28 considering they were in their early 30s for the Grease film. Exactly. Exactly. What a weird green light. I don't understand this at all. I'm always really surprised and not annoyed but really apprehensive when things like this are greenlit because like who was asking for it? Oh, I think a lot of people are. Greece does super well still all over the country no, in theaters that, and movies but, on but TV. That's Greece. That's, that's Greece specifically. No one's, a, I, who's asking for a prequel series or well, a prequel film? You don't, you, you don't know until you got it. Like there's a lot of things that I wouldn't have asked for that I'm very glad that all I right. got. Uh, um, and this is you for know, you then. I mean, oh, I'm not saying this, um, but you know, who <laughs> would have thought that Amy Poehler and um and um, Nick Offerman Nick, yeah who would have I thought that Amy Poehler who would have no, who would have thought that Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman hosting a crafts version Me. of the Great British Bake Off would have been something that I wanted I did. and now it's the only thing that I want in this world see there you go I yeah, mean yeah. I knew that though <laughs> yeah I know they're, they're amazing anyway <laughs> Ashley let's take a real quick break to talk about our sponsor this week Upstart if you dread looking at your credit card statements and getting the mail, if you have that thing where the, where the post office like sends you an email with the mail that you're going to get every day, have you got that before? Have you heard about oh, that? Oh, yeah, of course. You can get that. And then when you <laughs> that see was your- very Jay Leno of you, sorry. <laughs> 
Was it? Yeah. Have you heard about this? <laughs> hey, have you heard about this? Um, but if you see the credit card statements, you just feel this dread. Debt can feel crippling, but Upstart can help you get on a path to financial freedom. Definitely. We've had Upstart as our sponsor before, so we love mm-hmm. talking about the fact that they're so fast and easy to use. So what you do is, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, funding personal expenses, you get an online rate check in five minutes, and then you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 and $50,000, and you can receive those funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Because if you're in some kind of debt, you want that money as fast as possible, so Upstart is there for you. Absolutely. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and other information provided in your loan application. Once again, go to upstart.com slash broadway. All right, back to the news. Ashley, on Thursday night, after taking a year off because of the pandemic, the Jimmy Awards announced their 2021 winners, and they were Durham, North Carolina's Elena Holder for the girls, and Charlotte, North Carolina's Bryson Battle for the boys. Great name. Yeah, when you throw in Renee Rapp from 2019, three of the last four Jimmy winners were from North Carolina, and Eva Noble Zada is is from North Carolina. She didn't win, but she was uh, yeah. uh, she was a finalist. There was another um, <laughs> she she won anyway. <laughs> yeah, she won anyway. Um, Amina Faye was the 2016 girls winner. Oh, she yeah. was also from Charlotte. Um, so Charlotte represent not just Seriously. Charlotte, but North Carolina. Yeah, uh, representing in the Jimmy Awards. Um, a Elena's solo, um, or Alana's solo, was Last Midnight from Into the Woods. And Bryson's was Heaven on Their Minds from Jesus Christ Superstar, which I do do believe that that is my favorite ALW song. It's a good one. I will give uh, give that to you. The only exception is don't love the OBC version with Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen does not hold a candle to Murray Head or um, Carl Alexander. No one. um, Those two are are the originals, the OGs, much better than Ben Vereen. That's fair. Even before his recent um, issues and cancellation, he still wasn't very good (laughs) on that that song. There's that bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I like like the Sondheim versus ALW there with those winning songs. That's very... not even battling. They were both winners. So it, it's a, no, it's it shows a us that <laughs> can you imagine an episode of verses with ALW and Sondheim? Yes, um, but yes, I can. It shows that the world is wide enough, but we will have videos of both of their performances as well as the opening number and the various actor medleys in the show notes. I would recommend checking them all out because these kids will be on Broadway in the next two yep, or three years definitely. winning Tony Awards. So you might as well get to know them now. And finally, for news today, Ashley, Today Ticks announced some additions to their summer concert series at Tavern on the Green coming up the rest of this month. Tonight, Monday the 19th, Derek Klenna will take to the stage. Tomorrow, Ariana DeBose will return for Tuesday, July 20th. And then next week, Alex Newell will perform on the 26th and 27th. We will have various ticketing information and show notes and all that stuff. There are even $20 standing room only tickets available if you want to check that out. Um, We will obviously be talking a lot about Ariana DeBose in our next story, but then coming up 
yeah, forever. And with Schmigadoon, um, I will do a little bit of a spoiler. She's in, obviously, the first three episodes that you've mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. She's in it a lot more in the second Ooh, half yay. of the season as well. Love to see but that. But we will wrap up, yeah, we will wrap up the uh, episode today by letting you know that they did release the first two episodes on Friday of Schmigadoon on Apple TV+. And with that, they released all of the songs that go in those Ooh, first two episodes. Yes. They've got, in addition to like, um, the actual musical numbers, they also have some of the, the score as well. We will have a link to a, uh, a Spotify playlist in there as well. You can hear Schmigadoon, the title song. You Can't Tame Me, which is a great mm-hmm. Aaron Tveit song. You can hear what I think is probably like a uh, a little Abner riff called Corn Puddin'. I was just uh, about to ask if Corn Puddin' was yeah, in, corn in those first in two episodes. This yeah, been stuck then, in my head for two weeks. It's fine. Yeah, it is there. It's available. And um, a very fun, very short, pun intended, cameo called Leprechaun Song is included uh, as well. Yeah. I loved that little cameo and uh, very fun. Um, So those are all available from episode one. Then you've got um, Lover's Spat, Somewhere Love is Waiting, Mm. Enjoy the Ride um, from episode two. Those are all available um, with some other scores and some reprises and stuff in there. So, So check that out. And we will talk about all of those and more coming up later this week on Patreon. Watch Schmigadoon. Get your Apple TV Plus because you're going to need it for Ted Lasso soon too, mm. too anyway. I'm going to need to get into those screeners as well. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot wait. All right. Thanks for listening today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful start to your week. We will be back with you all week. Again, Patreon will be our review roundup home for Schmigadoon later this week. I think we're also going to be doing a review roundup for the virtual production of First Date. So we will be scheduling both of those coming soon. Review Roundtable. You've clearly been on Broadway World too long. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Haven't been there for well over a year. But but it's in you. It's it's there forever. It's in your your veins. Sorry about that. Anyway, have a wonderful (laughs) week and we will talk to you tomorrow.